All right, y'all. Well, maybe good morning for you. Good Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, unique, unique Sunday uh, that we are not gathering as a family at Redeemer for worship, uh, really because of an unprecedented time in yeah. our nation and community. Um, so we wanted to do this unique podcast uh, to give you or you and your family an opportunity to to worship together, to look at the scriptures together. We wanted to, to also be able to uh, speak a little bit about the situation and what's going on, mm. um, at least as best we can. And more importantly, talk about the scriptures and who God is yeah. uh, in the midst of all this. So uh, we're going to spend some time in prayer, looking at the scriptures, um, things of that nature. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll let you, Jeff, say a couple words as we get into it. Yeah, um, obviously this is unprecedented. I don't think we've ever not had church. This is the first time I think in Redeemer's history we haven't had church on Sunday. And and given, uh, gosh, when was the last time the United States had a state of emergency? We're still trying to, to Google that. I don't know if that was 9-11. I don't know if that was back in World War II. I mean, who knows? So uh, this obviously is unprecedented times. Uh you know, we know the world is on edge. Uh, we know what the human condition is like in all of us. We know the United States is in a state of emergency. Other countries are in a state of emergency. Uh, there's a just a real sense of um, probably anxiety. Yeah. Probably um, uncertainty and uh, definitely uh a need to want to control things. I mean, that's obvious. We were just talking before we even came on air of what's going on in the grocery stores and what's going on at, uh, at places where there are essentials all the way down to toilet paper, which is the Mm -hmm. big joke right now. Right. Uh, so people are responding in all kinds of ways. And, um, so anyhow, we know that what we would like to do is this morning, just maybe, have God reset us just a little bit, have him actually um, show up and uh, meet with us uh, to actually have his personal active presence uh, be real, even in a podcast like this to our congregation and to our Mm -hmm. friends that are listening. So uh, we're going to look at the scriptures because we know that... um, the scriptures are living. The scriptures are active. We know that the scriptures aren't just communicating information. Uh, God's getting things done. They release the personal active presence of Jesus into our life and into the world. So we're going to do that. We're going to look at a passage. We're going to have uh, Brent, uh, who's an elder here, is going to open us in prayer. Then we're going to, uh, Dave Hunt, who's also an elder, is going to do some scripture reading from the Old Testament. Uh, and the New Testament, and maybe a comment or two about that. And then uh, we're going to look at Martin Luther. Martin Luther actually lived during uh, a plague that was uh, more deadly, more catastrophic, uh, called the Black Death, but not to push us into fear or to push us over the edge, but actually just to hear how another pastor and how the church actually responded to that. Uh, what their perspective was, and how they loved and moved towards people uh, generously, and yet treated the situation very wisely. So we're going to read that, and maybe we'll highlight a couple of things, Colin and I. And then what Colin and I do, I you know, I was thinking, well, should I preach? I, I can't. Pre- I'm not an actor. I can't like be in this room and 
act like I'm preaching to myself or to a couple folks. So what the format's probably going to be is we're going to look at a text and we're going to talk about the text. It's more going to be a conversation uh, with all of us as a church. And Colin and I will kind of uh, stimulate that conversation. And then we're going to close in prayer. And, uh, and possibly there might be a practical thing or two that we might mention at the end as well. Like, what are we going to do next Sunday and, and that kind of things. And, and uh, who do you contact, whether you're in need, uh, we'll touch on that as well. Yeah, so before we get before we pray, I figure we could just uh, say this really quick, so you don't have to wait thirty minutes for it. If you, there, there's a lot of complexities with schools shutting down, and and obviously people who work and taking care of their kids, and I'm sure many many things that that complexities I don't even understand yet. But just as a church, we want to do what we can to help as much as we can. Um, but to our members, especially those a part of Redeemer, um, make sure you reach out to your community group, your community group leader. If you have needs and you need uh, people to serve you and help in this time, make sure you reach out to them. Reach out to your oversight elders. Uh, your elder, the Our elders have groups um, that they pay special attention to just in terms of care. Uh, reach out to your oversight elder. You may get a phone call or an email from them soon. If you don't know who your oversight elder is, you're not in a community group, you can reach out to Jeff. Uh, you can reach out to myself, uh, maybe another leader in the church that you do know. And then also on our website at RedeemerWaco.org, we're going to put up a uh, care a form uh, that if you need care, help of some kind, you can fill that form out. It's going to go to the right person. Um, again, that's just our way of, we just as a church want to do what we can within our resources and power to, to help our community and our members and our family. So um, those are just some practical ways that, that right now, if you're needing some help, um, those are some good avenues. So how would we, uh, how would we let people know about like, oh, so are we going to do church this Sunday, next Sunday? We're certainly uh, ministry activities this week are suspended. Yeah, right now, uh, all ministry, all church activities here at Redeemer are suspended at least through March 21st, which is this coming Saturday. Okay? okay, so we're saying just everything this week through Saturday is suspended. Um, you know, and I hope by Thursday, uh, as we monitor this situation, hopefully by Thursday we know we're on for Sunday or, hey, we're going to suspend meeting again this coming Sunday. We don't know that yet. And this Sunday we've got a lot of stuff kicking off, membership class, communicants class. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now all of that is tentatively on and a go, uh, but we're just going to keep everyone updated. So, and the reason why we're not, what, it's important, I think, for us to realize this, that, you know, when the uh, state of emergency is declared and we do not want to be a part of spreading this thing, we do want to yeah. love each other by actually not uh, spreading, being a part of spreading this thing. And that's why we are not meeting right now. Right. Everything I understand, which we don't have secret i think that sometimes when people cancel stuff i think it can create fear because you think do you have seat do you have info that i don't know like when the nba canceled i was like yeah do you guys know something i don't know what in the world's going on you know right. it's not like we don't have info we don't have info that nobody else has access right. to this really is just about um you know right now when cases are low and they're you know that you've got the four day what's it called incubation time yeah. or before you start showing symptoms yeah Everyone across the country is just trying to slow it down as mm-hmm. much as possible. Um, and so that's all we're trying to do, too. We're yeah. joining with many, many, many other churches across the country and in Waco. Yeah. Um, so 
So think of it practically as actually loving your neighbor. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Loving each other, loving our community, loving those beyond us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, with traveling and yeah, that's all we're trying to do. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pass the mic over to Brent. All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Gracious Lord, uh, we know that you are sovereign. We know that you love us where we're at. We know that uh, there's a time and a place for us to be um, you're in your call. But uh, this time is where we're, we're trying to let you lead. Uh, we're trying to be mindful, Lord, that you are sovereign over all these situations that may present themselves. So if loving your brother and your sister where they're at, um, if it's at the, the store or in your home or, you know, it just make sure and, and Lord, we, we want to make sure that we are being obedient to you and your plans. Um, Lord, we know that you, you love us. Those elderly, the, the frail, the, those people that are in our lives, those people that are struggling, um, that we might be there for them as a church body, as a family, as a community, as a city, as a state, as a nation, as a world. We know that everyone's struggling. We pray for patience and love, uh, two most powerful things, truth and love, and that is represented in you, Jesus Christ, Lord. We pray for all these things. We pray for, for all these things as a as a just a human race, and we pray for patience in all these situations. We know you're sovereign, Lord. We pray for this guidance to reign upon the world and just um, to be there, that they would look to you and not to uh, themselves in these moments and realize that uh, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this because you love us. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Okay, go ahead with the scripture reading, Dave. As I was thinking about the um, how we respond to this, how we think about this in our own lives and in relationship to God and our faith and one another, at times like this, I, I really, I think we need a God that is bigger than the virus. So... I uh, I went to Psalm 29, and I, and I found that. I'd like to read it to you. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon to skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare And in his temple all cry, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. Um, Kind of following with that theme, when when I looked to the New Testament, not too long ago we were in Colossians. And the first chapter of Colossians does a magnificent job of setting forth who Christ is and his preeminence over all things. And so as we think about viruses um, and things that frighten us, it's good to remember 
who who Jesus is, and this will help. This is Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Well, that's a great text. I love that line, um, the Lord is enthroned over the flood. So the most uh, powerful, decreative force ever unleashed in that day in the ancient world was the flood, and he's enthroned over it. Okay, so Martin Luther uh, was dealing with the Black Death as a pastor, uh, as a preacher, as a church, um, and here's how... Uh, he had some words on how do you respond, what do you do, Uh, and here's straight from him. I shall ask God mercifully uh, to protect us. Then I shall fumigate, help purify the air, administer medicine, and take it. I shall avoid places and persons where my presence is not needed in order not to become contaminated and thus perchance inflict and pollute others and so caused their death as a result of my negligence. If God should wish to take me, he will surely find me, and I have done what he has expected of me. And so I am not responsible either uh, for my own death or the death of others. If my neighbor needs me, however, I shall not avoid place or person, but will go freely as stated above. See, this is such a God-fearing faith because it is not brash nor foolhardy and does not tempt God end quote uh, I think what strikes me about what Martin Luther is saying uh, is the boldness and the courage of knowing uh, that God is in control um, which gives a um, empowerment to love one another and trust with the Lord, but also there's a real sense of wisdom and a real sense of uh, understanding the human condition, understanding what's taking place, and to act wisely. So there's not a a foolhardy on one side, um, but there's a faith uh, doesn't go foolhardy. Uh, Faith is wise, and yet faith is bold and courageous at the same time. So there's a real uh, well, a real sense of peace and a real sense of freedom uh, in trusting God and simply doing the next thing and going to place or person as love and God directs. I love that he that where he says, I'll go, yeah. um, you know, I'll, I'll fumigate the air, whatever that means, or whatever. <laughs> it means Clorox and um, Clorox wipes, yeah. probably, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then if someone needs me, I'll yeah. go, I'll go. You know, yeah. there's this real trust in God in both of those, right? I'm 
um, trusting his sovereignty in all this, trusting that he gives wisdom, trusting that he cares about the material world, that we're to operate according to the material world, right? Yeah. Um, uh, at times that might mean not being around certain people so we don't spread sickness, you know? And yeah. that's a, that's a, a good thing. Um, but then at the same time, like I'll run into the fire, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, if I need to, which in and of itself would not be smart, but to help someone else and to love someone else, yeah. I'll do that. You know, it's so good. Yeah. So maybe for a little bit, you and I can talk about, uh, a text. Sure. We could talk about, I like this, this text from Chronicles that we sent out last night and, uh, I'm going to read it. Um, the context is this, the, the Chronicles, uh, many think it's Ezra and, uh, they're in, they're just coming back from Babylonian captivity. So this is the exile. This is what just happened to our world. What just happened to our life. Um, and now there's a sense in which they're actually able probably to go back into the promised land. So these folks are, uh, a part of the Exodus, a part of what has God done with us? What has God done with the world? Um, and still not sure of where their place is in God's purposes. Are they still loved? Are they still cared for? Is God still their shepherd that leads them? So much uncertainty, um, so much anxiety, uh, and then not a lot of, not a lot in their circumstances to be able to hang on to that's good news or to um, give comfort. And so it's an interesting, interesting uh, situation. And it's interesting when you have this chronicle, probably Ezra, uh, this prayer that they have towards God. And it goes like this, yours is the mighty power and glory and victory and majesty. Everything in the heavens and earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. Um, so let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, what does it look like to adore God as being in control of everything in the time that we're at right now? Um, Colin, when you think about that, what immediately comes to your mind? So what the world is going on in the world yeah. and you hear someone say, speak into this reality yeah. to adore God as being in control of everything. So it's not even like trust God that he's in control of everything, adore God that he's in control of everything. Yeah. You know, it made me think when we were talking about, uh, uh, so Israel being removed from the promised land, right? So there God promises them actual land for them to know him and worship him and live. So the captivity, um, the exile is so huge because you think these people are saying, God's people are saying, you've given us this land, so we don't know our existence apart from this land. To go into exile is to literally basically ask the question, where is God? Mm -hmm. Where? How could he possibly be in control this makes no sense that he would give us land um, and a temple and worship, right? And all this stuff. And then all of a sudden it's just gone because these evil 
Assyrians, you know, this evil nation that doesn't know him has removed us. Like none of that makes any sense, right, to our minds or to to the minds of God's people at that time. Mm. I was just thinking in a very weird connection, we're not meeting uh, for worship on Sunday because of what's going totally different, but because of something going on that we think in wisdom in some sense prevents us from meeting, right? right? In some sense, Um, God, what is going on? You know, we're supposed to worship you on Sunday. We're supposed to come together and meet as a church and worship you and pray. That's what you call us to do. Yeah. And now something's going on in our nation that's outside of our control that it seems wise is preventing us. Is this outside of your control? What in the world is going on? Like, are you... So anyway, I I just go there in my mind because I think this, all this stuff in our nation is so much bigger than what my tiny brain with zero medical uh, education, other than WebMD, which um, honestly, I've read a lot of that. So it does make me feel a little bit like a doctor. But um, uh, (laughs) other than that, you know, it's just so big to me that I go... I don't know what's going on. I no. mean, wh- I don't. I, I don't know what's. I have no idea what's going on, and it makes me go, God, what are you up to? What are you up to? And I don't mean what are you up to, like what you're directly causing this or that or or whatever. I just mean in the grand scheme of things, yeah. What are you up to? And so when it comes to adoring, not just knowing it, but um, what a God we know and serve that He rules and reigns even over a nation that doesn't know him that removes his people from the land that he promised them. Everything about that would say they're God. They are thwarting God. The God we thought we knew, I think the Assyrians are God. I think their king is God. Oh, no, no, no. He he rules over that by an infinite amount of power and control. And... And he rules in goodness, you mm. know. He he rules in in goodness and in tenderness and kindness and in grace. And so even when we look at what's going on in the country right now, we would all in a heartbeat say, man, we wish we could stop it, reverse it, take it all away. It's terrible. Um, we hate sickness. We hate death. Um, but yet to know that there's a God who controls and rules over all of it and works it for our good turns it all for our good. I think that's so key. I think that's key to actually getting the adoring because I think all of us can grit our teeth and white knuckle it, right? Mm-hmm. God, you're in control. Yeah. And but I don't like you. Yeah, but I don't like you. Yeah. Um you don't seem good. I mean, you are the master, you are the all-powerful uh and of course I am forced to bend my knee. Yeah, right. Um but this is we adore you as being in control of everything. And that adoration can only happen if there's power and love together. If there's omnipotence, uh, immeasurable majesty, but massive mercy at the same time. If those two are not together, there is no adoring. And I think there might be even a hint of that in the prayer at the beginning where it says yours is the mighty power and glory and victory and majesty. So uh, that victory part just puts a little twist into this thing that might open up even more of the good news, right? So victory means 
what's happened has actually been conquered. Mm-hmm. So even the Assyrians, the Babylonians, everyone that's dragged Israel out of the promised land, right? Uh, that God is still victorious over them. Uh, and then even the sin uh, that caused the leaving of the land, right? Mm-hmm. That God is even victorious over the sin. And so even the pestilence, as if we were back in Revelation, and one of the writers is pestilence, right? Uh, And what that tells us is not that we're waiting for that writer to come. That's not what the point of Revelation is. The point of Revelation is uh, when sin invaded this world, the dark powers came. We're in it. And the dark powers and the reality of sin and death, uh, it are these writers are always writing, always writing and have been writing since the garden, uh, since being kicked out of the garden and are writing and we're in the dark powers until Jesus comes again. Uh, but at the same time, uh, yours is the victory, right? Mm-hmm. And so then that text certainly pushes us forward to where does that victory come from? Um, and since Chronicles is such a, a major highlighting David and David's life, uh, it's, it's actually going to the historical David but this victory is talking about actually a better David mm-hmm. and someone who is uh, of the Davidic line, who's like David, but is better than David. And uh, if you've been following us in Ephesians, we've gotten a taste of what that better David is like. Uh, we got Paul actually talking in Ephesians in one long sentence that he can't even complete because as soon as he starts thinking about him, as soon as he starts telling us about him, he is ushered into adoration to the one who is in control over everything. And that the one who's in control over everything actually took all things that are seem to be radically chaotic and outside of control, and he took them to himself, took them to the cross, then rose from the dead, and the text says that he he was risen above them, and that he is above all the dark powers, and it explicitly says that in the text. All the principalities, uh, all the cosmic forces, all the writers of Revelation, including pestilence, that he has taken them to himself, he has absorbed them in himself, and he has crushed them in himself. And to make a definitive statement that they have been defeated, he has risen from the dead, uh, showing not only that he has conquered them, that he is over them, he does have the victory. We adore him as being in control of everything, but he does so with this massive power and this massive mercy at the same time. Being in Ephesians, it reminds me of Ephesians 1, uh, which I pulled up. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, and then this is key, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. We, You probably preached that, I don't know how many weeks ago now, yeah. but uh, but man, right on, right before, you know, everything kind of broke loose here in the country. Um, okay, does he work all things? You know, that there was one pastor that said there's not a rogue Adam anywhere in, you know, the cosmos. There's there's not a rogue molecule that's just doing its own thing apart from God's plan, purpose, and counsel and will. Yeah. Um, and Paul says that in the context of what you were just talking about, this ridiculous sentence of praise and worship and adoration. Hmm. He's just looking at God in absolute wonder and amazement for what God has done. 
and in particular what he's done in our own lives, right? The the deadliness of our own sinful dead heart that we are were born with, right? Mm. Far more deadly than what we're seeing sweep across the the country right now. And yet he being in control of all things conquers it. Conquers it gives us new hearts of flesh and new hearts that trust him and love him and worship him because even our own hearts he shapes and he molds and he gives us new ones right because he's the sovereign king over sinners like you and me so that that's fascinating i mean that that adoration of him being in control over everything can actually push now even not to the cosmic realm which we've seen but right. we can now zero in into our own lives right. and into our own pestilence our own sickness unto death uh, of sin yeah and that how jesus has conquered that has dealt with that has the victory over our sin uh and even so we can adore him because that which remains with us he's actually reigning and ruling over and is actually in his perfect care uh helping us healing us um bringing things to our attention and to be brought to uh, and continuing to um, put it to death by the death of his cross and continuing to give us a new life. Fascinating, powerful. We can adore him as being in control over the cosmic realm. We can adore him as being in control over our own hearts and our own struggles and our own sin and our own heartache and our own hardship and our own sickness. Mm-hmm. So this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll give you the last word, and then I think Brent is going to uh, pray. The reason that Brent and Dave aren't talking is because we only have two mics, and so you can send your cash and checks to Redeemer to help build this out this podcast. And also, as a side note, we are sharing mics. If I get the Corona Apocalypse, mm-hmm. go to Dave Hunt as a source if you're trying to track it, and then if Jeff gets it, you're going to want to find Brent Bankston. Shout out to Bankston's. They are open for business, folks. Um, uh, the last thing I'll say, we before we started recording, we were talking about fear. And um, and I've been thinking about this the past couple of days, that, that so much of fear, if not all of it, deals with the future, yeah. right? I'm scared of what's about to come. And, and Psalm 23, I've, I've, been, I've preached through a couple of times in the past maybe six or seven months. And uh, uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, What's scary about the valley of the shadow of death is the darkness and what's lurking. I don't see it. I don't know what's there. I may have a very pleasant, beautiful walk through the valley, Hmm. but it's terrifying because it's dark and I'm not sure what may come in the next few minutes from Hmm. out of the darkness. And, uh, and we were talking about that before we started recording that, that, um, that, uh, you had a a quote, I think, what, what was it that, that we fear that, that our fear is worse. Our fear is worse than what we actually fear, as a Puritan pastor says. So yeah. all this talk of the sovereignty of God presses in and shapes all of that, right? Because I don't know what 15 minutes from now holds, regardless of, of what's going on in the nation. Like, who, who cares? I mean, I never know. I'm not in, I'm, I have so much less control than I really think I have in the next mm. hour, 15 minutes, right? Jesus said crazy things like, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, yeah. as if you're king over it, as if you know what's coming. Um, but God knows. God is outside of time. You know, I hear people, God is there. 
in one sense outside yeah. of time. He's in control. He's sovereign. And so, God, what are you up to in the nation right now? I I don't I don't know. I, I know that you know I've got like r- what's in front of me, and you haven't called me to be king or sovereign over the future. And there's all sorts of dark valleys and shadows, and I don't know what's in them. Mm-hmm. There may be nothing. There may be stuff that's painful and difficult. You know. Um, I just know you're king and you will be king come hell or high water, as they say. That's really good, bro. Yeah, I I think what's fascinating about control, right? We're talking, this passage is talking about God. We adore you as being in control over everything. Um, control is a human need. Uh, we all desire control. Um, what fear and anxiety is, is a strategy to be in control. Uh, to assume things that you're not in control of, and we try to. So I think it's important for us to realize, like, the human condition that we're seeing, whether it's at the grocery store or in our own heart or is displayed on the media, uh, the the over-anxiety, the uh, over-fear that's happening uh, is a strategy of trying to find control. And so what this passage is saying is it's not saying stop trying to be in control. It's saying find your control in the one who has control. Find your control in the one who is in control of everything. Adore the one who's in control over everything. Adore the one who actually gives you all the control you need. He has it. So I love that text that you Psalm twenty three. Uh, it's fascinating. There's a little twist and a turn in there right before you get into the valley of the shadow of death. the The Hebrew grammar actually says it like this. It says, uh, "He leads me on right paths for His name's sake, even when I walk in the valley of deep mm-hmm. darkness." So there's this sense in which, whoa, are you saying that God is the one that led? the sheep into the valley mm-hmm. of deep darkness. And remember how it starts with a good shepherd mm-hmm. and the text is saying, yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. What kind of shepherd leads the sheep into the valley of deep darkness? And then when you go into that valley, prepares a table for you. Yeah. Uh, that's breathtaking. And so again, Redeemer, uh, friends of Redeemer, whoever's listening, um, know that that our human condition is of such is that you are desperate for control. Uh, we were made for control. It's human to be in control. Um, but control is not found in us. Control is found in the one who is in control over everything. And that transition, take, take your pulse. If you have high anxiety and high fear, know that that's a strategy of trying to be in control and treat it as like a weed that's grown up in your heart that you can grab and pull up and see the root. The root is you need control, but you're never going to get it in yourself and you're never going to get it in another person and you're never going to get it in a situation or circumstance. All the control you need, all the control you're longing for in a time like this is actually in the one we adore as being in control of everything. Amen. Yeah, I appreciate what y'all were saying, especially the 
The part about Bankston's being open for business? That too. But I was more seriously going to say that the, the, the lack of control, really, what in what parts, you, you mentioned this just a minute ago, in what part do we actually have control of our lives? We actually think we do. We think we have more than what we actually do, right? Reality is he's sovereign. He loves us where he's at. And I was just looking, you know, y'all might have caught recently uh, Vice President Pence has been criticized by the media because he, he actually prayed in his coronavirus team and the media is just hammering for it. And there's so it's all this kind of pushback right now. And I get it. There's folks out there who aren't don't understand Christianity. And maybe there's a time like this when they'll be led to that. I have to believe in something greater than ourselves, right? Maybe this that's maybe that's a thought going on in unbelievers' minds mm-hmm. or believers' minds. I don't know. Paul calls us in Philippians, he says, not to worry, to be anxious about anything. Anything. But yet here we are. We're all anxious to some degree. Maybe I'm more than Dave or Maybe Colin's less than me. I don't know. But the point is, and Jeff's never really anxious at all. But point, point being is that, that we're called to, to rest in something greater than ourselves. And he's the greatest of all. He's, he's the perfect, glorious being that has represented us and loved us and pursued us before we even knew what we were as a, as a planet, as a nation, as an as a individual. So anyway, I just, just my take on it. So uh, I was going to, this is going to be very Armenian of me, so I don't repeat myself in a prayer. So I'm going to use an Armenian like the uh, late uh, Dr. Billy Graham. So he, he, this is what he said, it's, and I'm not going to pray this, but I'm going to tell you what he said in this, and I'm going to use this as context. So he says, he says, we are to pray in times of adversity, lest we become faithless and unbelieving. We are to pray in times of prosperity, lest we become boastful and proud. We are to pray in times of danger, lest we become fearful and doubting. We are to pray in times of security, lest we become more self-sufficient. So here, here in a crisis, and I know there's a lot of ways you could take that and from a theological standpoint, and we're obviously reformed in our thought process. And I'm not trying to apply that. That sounds like a lot of good advice there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say it from a good news standpoint, and that is we do have a sovereign God who loves us. Yeah rest in that. And so my, my plea, as Dave said before, my plea is that people um, would just rest in this greater being. I think that's the beautiful thing. The beautiful pictures is being painted for us. He, he's taking us through this. What'd you say? Hell or high water. He's mm-hmm. taking us through this. All right, let's close in prayer. Gracious Lord, you love us. You love us so, so much that you gave your son for us. And just think about that. Think how much that pains us to think in our own lives that our child will be given up for an, a, a reckless, lost, scared nation of people, a world of people that just don't know where to go. And yet you love us so much that you come and you come after us and after us and after us because you, you are the sovereign God who gave us this incredible gift and we're just trying to respond in a way that We just don't break something, but we already know we have. We're broken. You love us where we're at. We love you because you loved us way before we existed. We pray for this church. We pray for this this community. And and as I said before, let's just be loving through this tough, tough time. We know that you'll be there with us through it out, through all this time and forward and forevermore. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Keep checking back on our website, social media, subscribe to our newsletter, uh, email uh, subscription uh, to stay updated on what is going on.